Hello everyone. Welcome to Vanguard, the podcast series under the consortium of Indo-Pacific researchers, which is part of the Journal of Indo-Pacific Affairs in Maxwell, Alabama. Today I'm delighted to host a renowned uh, scholar on Taiwan foreign policy, Chinese studies and security, Dr. Sana Hashmi. Let me give a brief introduction about Dr. Hashmi. Dr. Hashmi is currently a visiting fellow at the Taiwan Asian Exchange Foundation. She has completed her PhD in uh, international of international studies from the Jawaharlal Nehru University New Delhi. She has also co-authored a book uh, called the China uh, known as the China's approach towards territorial disputes lessons and prog- uh, prospects. Uh, Sana ma'am uh, first of all I'm welcoming you to this podcast. Um, thank you Vineet it's my pleasure to be here on the podcast today. Ma'am, we have seen that 2022 hasn't started on a good note. Looking at the developments that have taken place recently with the uh, with belligerent Moscow annexing annexing Ukraine and the global order being at an uncertain situation, and now there is uh, changing uh, dynamics in power politics. It seems. And uh, now we are going to be looking at uh, India-Taiwan relations. What is the linkage with the Ukraine crisis, and what future con- consequences could be there in the Indo-Pacific region? Uh, looking at the developments and uh, and uh, the and power politics. So, ma'am, uh, now we are looking at India-China. Sorry, India-Taiwan relations what they could do to promote regional stability and order in the Indo-Pacific to contain China's increased revisionism, which is widely being discussed in academic circles. My first question is regarding China's continuous military activities in the cross-Taiwan Straits, which is never-ending. Do you feel soon history could repeat itself in Taiwan with respect to similar strategies being adopted by Russia in its annexation uh, processes? Uh, I think yeah, this is the question that several are discussing now. And uh, China's encroachment into Taiwan's air defense identification zone isn't really a development that is new. Uh, of course, last year, the intensity was increased. We saw how in October, uh, there was, uh, the level of tension increased in the Taiwan Strait. But that did not really make the government in Taiwan and the people in Taiwan worry about China's motive to invade Taiwan. But of course, uh, I don't mean to say that government hasn't been preparing for this. Uh, the government has been working on its defense preparedness. And uh, in fact, for in the past several years, what we have seen is that Taiwan government is actually reaching out to like-minded countries, primarily to make the world aware about what Taiwan is going through, how revisionist China is becoming vis-a-vis Taiwan, and primarily to just internationalize the issue in the Taiwan Strait. And um, in the past, uh, 
few years at least we what we have seen is that uh, the dissemination of information through the use of social media either by uh, Taiwan Ministry of Foreign Affairs or Ministry of Defense. Uh, this is something that has become more common in the past few years from Taiwan's side. And this is primarily to address the disinformation and to make the world more aware about what's happening in the Taiwan Strait. And uh, I've been living in Taiwan for the past two years. And while people in Taiwan are aware about these issues aware about the problem between China and Taiwan and how Taiwan is viewed by the majority of the countries in the world. I haven't really seen the unnecessary uh, tension among people here. And uh, but in the recent time, and specifically with the Russian-Ukraine war, the Russia's invasion of uh, Ukraine, uh, the perception of people has changed a little bit. Uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has led to this extensive debate on the looming threat over uh, Taiwan from China. And the question is now, the question that is being discussed nowadays is what if Taiwan is next? Um, not necessarily in Taiwan per se, but generally if you look at the commentaries from the Western commentators and uh, from across the world, you would see that this is a question that has been popping up. And this is one of the reasons why Taiwan has emerged as one of the strongest supporters of Ukraine. And in the past uh, two months, it has donated, uh, in, in fact, in the past one month, it has donated millions of dollars to address the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine. And in Taiwan, there, has, there have been se se several uh, rallies in support for Ukraine. So I think Taiwan is one of the countries that has shown a lot of support for Ukraine. And this unfolding crisis is serving as a wake-up call for Taiwan, and it is seriously thinking of its option vis-a-vis -vis China now. Uh, but having said that, uh, I really don't think that China is going to invade Taiwan anytime soon. And in fact, if whatever is happening to Russia is any indication right now, this will only serve as deterrence for China to invade Taiwan. So my next question is uh, about Taiwan's uh, perception about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And is there, and looking at these developments, is there any scope of Taiwan joining any partnership or semi-alliances such as the Quad Plus? Because when we see in the recent times, uh, uh, President Tsai Ing-wen has approached uh, uh, the Quad members uh, for looking at the developments in the Taiwan, uh, Taiwan uh, area. And also even uh, India also it has engaged in the COVID pandemic. So is there uh, any such chances or any such uh, events? Uh, yeah, I think it's a very good question, uh, specifically because as I've already mentioned, Taiwan is one of the biggest supporters of Ukraine. And uh, it's very clear that Taiwan has chosen the side and the side of Ukraine. And in fact, now Russian foreign minister is visiting China. And if you look at some of the social media posts from Taiwan, you would really oppose Taiwan is to this Russia-China excess. Uh, so of course, there is a lot of opposition to Russia's uh, actions in Ukraine. And uh, for your question about Taiwan's perception, it perceives Russia as an aggressor and as a hegemon. And uh, I think this is somewhat similar to how Taiwan perceives China and how uh, China is being seen in Taiwan. So I think both Russia and China are being seen as aggressive and revisionist powers in Taiwan and in, fact in most part of the world now. And uh, you ask about uh, CPTPP and Quad Plus, if there's any chances of Taiwan joining um, the alliances. 
Uh, Taiwan has already applied to join the CPTPP and in fact it's counting on countries such as Japan to support Taiwan's membership and it has when it applied for the membership in CPTPP it actually reached out to Japan and it was it came up came out with statements stating that uh, uh, Japan will be Taiwan was actually sure that Japan will be supporting uh, Taiwan membership in CPTPP let's see how it goes and uh, when the matter comes up for discussion we'll see how countries take stand with respect to Taiwan's uh, membership in the CPTPP. But now, as far as the Quad Plus is concerned, uh, Quad Plus isn't really on the cards right now. And neither the Quad countries nor its regional partners have shown any kind of interest in joining or even expanding the Quad Plus. And if you look at it, the four countries, uh, of course, there is more convergence now. The countries have shown um, that they want to, they're further institutionalizing the quadrilateral security dialogue. We saw the first in-person summit of the quad leaders last year and recently because of the Ukraine crisis, we also saw the virtual summit of the four leaders and the second in-person summit is going to be hosted by Japan in um, coming months. So of course it has moved towards more convergence, it has moved towards more institutionalization, uh, but uh, Taiwan joining the Quad discussion in any form in the near future is really not on the card for now, of course, because of uh, the diplomatic um, status of Taiwan. And apart from that, as I said, there's no willingness from the Quad countries to expand this uh, mechanism for now. Because I think what they're focusing right now is to just advance cooperation and uh, there should be more uh, alignment of interest among the four countries. So I think this is what the focus of the Quad is right now. Um, and what we also cannot forget that uh, it was actually revived because of the China factor. So now making Taiwan a part of uh, the Quad openly or any other country, I think they really, uh, they don't really seem that interested in uh, joining Quad in its current form, not right now. But now let's talk about the Quad for a while. So China's growing aggression compelled the Quad countries to revive the grouping in 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, that happened after a decade of flying dormant. But as I said, the China is absolutely a factor in the revival of the quadrilateral security dialogue. It was revived after the Doklam crisis in 2017, how India was, India became more and more uh, proactive. India was very hesitant in joining something that, that was even remotely considered as an anti-China club. But I think it was a huge development that India agreed to become a part of something like Quad again. And now uh, when you talk about Taiwan, Taiwan is a fellow democracy that is also facing threat from China. Uh, and Taiwan seems to be an important topic for the Quad countries for sure. And uh, however, even though the US and Japan support the expansion of Taiwan's global space, they have talked about it in several statements, joint statements and even multilateral statement. And uh, in fact, certain of the contribution that Taiwan could make towards ensuring rule-based order, uh, countries have talked about that, that how Taiwan could really contribute towards rule-based order. But Taiwan is generally absent from the high-level discussions and is not really at the top of the Quad's agenda, yet there have been several issues that have actually uh, been a priority for the Quad countries now. So I believe that discussing Taiwan under the Quad framework uh, should be there, and it would actually demonstrate that the four countries uh, are committed to maintain the rules-based order in the region, and um, they are inclusive, so Taiwan should be a part of it. But in my opinion, including it in the Quad Plus, 
might not be a step in the right direction. And Taiwan should definitely figure prominently in the discussions within the Quad at all levels. There's no doubt about that. And focus should be on finding a way to facilitate Taiwan's participation in the Indo-Pacific, but not Quad. And also when we talk about Quad and Indo-Pacific, these are two different uh, things. Quad is just one uh, mechanism, one of the mechanisms within the Indo-Pacific. So I think this distinction is very important now because a lot more countries are endorsing Indo-Pacific, but not everyone is really endorsing uh, the quadrilateral dialogue openly. So while China is one of the main reasons for the poor countries to revive the Quad, it's also important not to use Taiwan's participation or discussion about Taiwan as a card against China. And given the Quad members have their own respective problems with China, Taiwan's inclusion in the Quad Plus doesn't really help it realize its uh, wider strategic interest. And it, as, as I said, that the purpose is not to provoke China. It might also incite tensions between Taiwan and China and China and the Quad countries. So to expand Taiwan's international space, the Quad should initiate dialogues that are beneficial to both Taiwan and the Quad countries. So I believe in this context, what, what major stakeholders in the Indo-Pacific uh, stand to gain from Taiwan's inclusion uh, is that, that it has to make it more inclusive by talking about Taiwan and talking about uh, discouraging China to be more, ag more aggressive in the uh, Taiwan Strait. And I think this is how the regional order could be bolstered. So ma'am, my next question to you is about, uh, the, about Washington uh, being lashed out uh, in a very in a very regular way. If, if regularly, we see these uh, press statements right from the FNPRC uh, for Washington and inter interfering in the internal affairs of ROC. What does this mean? Um, I think this is also the most widely debated topics when we talk about Washington's approach towards Taiwan and this tri triangular relation between US, China and Taiwan is the topic of several conferences, webinars, especially in the pandemic times. What we have seen is that of course Taiwan's international space has been expanded and how countries are discussing about how commentators, policymakers from uh, different countries are talking about this triangular relationship. But one thing we could say for sure that the US has been forthcoming towards Taiwan and uh, Trump administration made several uh, changes uh, in the policy uh, to engage Taiwan more and expand its international space. And Biden administration is also doing the same. Uh, several high level official visits have taken place from the US side to Taiwan in the past uh, two years. Uh, but uh, despite all these developments, the US still follows the one China policy, at least in principle. And for Taiwan, the policy of uh, uh, strategic ambiguity is in place from the US side. That means that it is not clear whether Washington will come to Taiwan's defense if China invades Taiwan. So this policy actually helps the three countries to largely focus on the status quo. And even though China is unilaterally changing the status quo in the Taiwan Strait, but at least this policy being in place assures that there's no provocation. So I think um, this is what the US policy has been with respect to Taiwan in the recent past. And this is how it is actually helping Taiwan and as well as China. And also, ma'am, looking at the convergence between Beijing and Moscow, uh, and Beijing recently maintained neutrality, right, in the UN. It uh, abstained from the vote. So looking at this, could uh, Washington change its stand uh, with respect to the one China policy? 
And no, I, I, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. That that are these are two different, very, very different issues. As I said, that Taiwan could not be really used as card against China. So you know, if on the Ukraine issue, China is kind of siding with Russia. So it doesn't mean that now it will start racking up the issue of Taiwan with China. So that's not really happening. So as I and in fact, in my several publications, I have written about not about U.S. or Taiwan. But generally about Taiwan, how Taiwan should be viewed and Taiwan should not be viewed as a card just because countries are having issues uh, with China, China's aggression. It doesn't mean that now they start talking about Taiwan and start using Taiwan as a card. So I think this is the approach that a lot of countries haven't really used. I uh, At least Trump uh, did it at several events that it used Taiwan as a card. But if you look at India, India is one country that hasn't really used Taiwan as a card against China, because I think the utility of this relationship with Taiwan will be so limited if countries just start uh, advancing ties with Taiwan just because they're having issues with China. Because what we also have to realize that Taiwan is a real country with real people. So there are genuine interests of Taiwan, interests of the countries, other countries in the Indo-Pacific that are involved when we talk about uh, Taiwan one China policy. So the, the main uh, the main thing that I keep advocating for that we have to stop talking about um, Taiwan through the China lens. I think uh, so. No matter what happens um, in the Russia and Ukraine crisis, uh, it's not going to have any impact on uh, countries' relationship with Taiwan. So I think it's very important to acknowledge that. I think, but one point that we could draw from here is that uh, that no one expected Russia to actually invade Ukraine. So now I think countries really need to pay more attention to Taiwan. That if could if it could happen in Europe, that it could definitely happen in Asia. But it doesn't mean that I believe that China is going to invade Taiwan. That's not going to happen anytime soon. But I think we need to be prepared. And one of the ways to be prepared is, of course, to uh, engage Taiwan more to raise the stakes about Taiwan. I think this is one thing that countries of the Indo-Pacific, countries who knows Indo-Pacific really need to think about and reconsider their policies with respect to Taiwan. And uh, and looking at India-China relations, which haven't witnessed a proper breakthrough, we have seen the Galwan fashion also. After almost two about two years, we have seen. Uh, Foreign Minister Bangi visiting India, and in, and uh, New Delhi wants uh, to prioritize normalization first before it heads to any uh, mechanism. So will this uh, will this become a case for for the rushing of ties between uh, New Delhi and Taipei in times to come, whether latter might uh, reconsider its stand on the one China policy. I think when we talk about uh, India-China relationship, of course, uh, we have seen uh, official statements. And what the official statements tell us is that the relations are not going to be business as usual. In fact, uh, after Wang Yi's visit, uh, the Foreign Minister of India, Dr. S. J. Shankar, he actually said that relations would be normalized until China does something and uh, we achieve a breakthrough on, at the border front. And there is actually genuine disengagement. And there's this in acknowledgement of in the past uh, at least since the Galwan clashes, uh, that um, India has acknowledged that the boundary dispute is just not about differing perception. And what China is trying to do is to unilaterally change the status quo at the border front. And this uh, realization has led India to take this stand that 
you know, no matter what, we have to achieve a breakthrough on the border dispute and the relations are not going to be normalized. But just because India, India has issues with China, there are perennial problems with China. It doesn't mean that India, as I said, the same thing about Washington or any other country, Taiwan, India doesn't use Taiwan as a card. India hasn't really dragged up the issue of Taiwan just because it has issues with China. And if you look at the border standoff, border standoff have been a regular feature in India-China relationship at least since the 1980s, since 1986. So um, till now, India hasn't really used Taiwan as a card or uh, just because there is a standoff, India hasn't really talked about uh, elevating ties with Taiwan. But now there is more enthusiasm about Taiwan in India. And I think it's not because of China, it's because of how Taiwan has ended the pandemic. Uh, now Indians are more aware about Taiwan. And you being in India, you might be reading more about Taiwan now than ever before. And it's primarily because people are realizing that how Taiwan has handled the pandemic. And now with this, there's this also realization that China is aggressive with the two countries. So now two countries are actually sharing similar concerns. They face the existential threat from one country, and that is China. So I feel that uh, India should no longer, and this is exactly the reason why I advocated my articles and this is why I say that India should no longer ignore advancing ties with Taiwan just because we are concerned about our relationship with China that India has to pay attention to China's sensitivities and if China does not really care about India's sensitivities why does India need to be careful about what China has to talk about or think about India's relationship with Taiwan and I think the relationship with Taiwan, India's relationship with Taiwan, it needs to move beyond the China factor. Why? Because there is merit in engaging Taiwan and not because we have to view Taiwan through the China lens. I, I think this is the time that we have to stop looking at Taiwan from the China lens. And I could give you a few reasons why India needs to engage Taiwan. Um, but I think first, as India is one of the pioneers in the Indo-Pacific and as the Indo-Pacific regional constructive walls, the need for major stakeholders to have a concerted Taiwan policy is becoming more and more relevant and important. And for India as well, facilitating Taiwan's participation in the Indo-Pacific region is only going to bolster its image and resolve for ensuring a rules-based order that India has been advocating for. And Taiwan is a robust democracy and engagement with Taiwan would only contribute uh, further stability in the region. And then the second point here is I've already mentioned about how Taiwan handled the pandemic and how there is normal, somewhat normal life in Taiwan. And uh, Taiwan and India's external COVID-19 policies are somewhat inclusive and complementary. Um, while Taiwan has successfully curtailed COVID-19 at home, uh, it has helped countries in need by donating masks and PPE. And then there were uh, hashtags uh, as Taiwan can help and Taiwan is helping. And similarly, India is also leading and India has led in donating vaccines to countries in the region and beyond. We saw uh, the initiative, the vaccine drive, vaccine methri drive from India side, where it donated uh, several vaccines to its neighborhood of the countries in need. So both the countries' policies have been inclusive. So I believe in this uh, context, cooperation in the health sector and sector uh, where both countries would actually learn and benefit from engagement with each other would really help solidify the rules-based order in the Indo-Pacific. So I believe this is also a very important reason why the two countries need to look towards each other. And then uh, the third reason is that, uh, that countries, uh, a lot of countries have actually benefited from engagement with Taiwan. And when it comes to India, there is a lot of uh, synergy uh, in India's ACTIS policy, as well as Taiwan's New South Bern policy, of which India is a core 
country core component and taiwan's inclusion in the actis policy would only make the policy more comprehensive and then uh, uh, finally i think that india is focused on managing tensions with china and now in the process taiwan uh, has long been ignored just because of the china factor and just because india has a huge disputed border with china so it has been the fear of risking ties with china and the lack of a uh, a structured framework to engage taiwan that have limited the scope of the engagement between india and taiwan so i believe that it is important for india to realize the lesson of this approach and i think it's time it is the right time that india alter its china policy as well as its taiwan policy so it's important that we in india minimize the china factor while talking about and engaging taiwan Uh, here ma'am i'm also seeing uh, soft power playing a lot of uh, role uh, in uh, nudging ties between the two countries uh, in shaping perceptions uh, creating understanding amongst masses so what role do you think think tanks and uh, government organizations can play in order to uh, use this uh, to I increase outreach amongst themselves i think uh, government organizations could only play a limited role and could only play role in certain areas such as economic science and technology and this is what has been happening between india and taiwan there is level at um, uh, there is dialogue at uh, sec uh, secretary level and there have been government to government dialogue but only in the areas such as economics and uh, culture and science and technology but beyond that of course the scope of the representative offices the de facto embassies in taiwan and india is also to Uh, look at the areas that are not security and military so of course this has been happening um but i think here where uh, the governments could play a limited role think tanks and um scholars commentators could actually play an important role and could be a bridge between india and taiwan so as an indian uh, living in taiwan and indian scholar working in taiwan this is what i have been also trying to work towards and i've been trying to in increase the exchanges between india and taiwan i think tanks and we have been successful to a certain extent uh, and i believe that uh, as think tanks we could really play an important role in bridging the knowledge gap between india and taiwan and you know the problem with india taiwan and this is a very important set of relationship there's no doubt about that and primarily because of taiwan's geographical location how it is where it is located in the indo pacific and if uh, tomorrow china invades taiwan it's going to india is going to face repercussion as well so it's not that it's not happening in this part of the world and we are not going to be affected india is very well going to be affected by this development so i think it's important for india in that way that um, people need to be more aware about what is happening but even if you look at the commentaries in social media in the newspaper you would realize this strategic community in india is becoming more and more aware and talking about taiwan more you would see that at least every week or every second week there is an article on taiwan in an indian newspaper this actually shows how indian commentators and um, the people from the strategic community are actually taking taiwan seriously and now they're also trying to minimize china factor uh, so i think this is happening and this has uh, but the problem till now was that there was lack of sustained focus and then there is lack of uh, significant scholarship on india taiwan relations imagine a such an important set of relationship but despite that uh, we still do not have a single authored book on india taiwan relations 
So as an Indian working in a Taiwanese think tank, I'm really trying to work more on India, Taiwan, and I'm really trying to make Taiwanese more aware about India and vice versa. So this is happening and this could only happen because I, I'm working in a Taiwanese think tank and Indian think tanks are also trying to reach out to Taiwan and really want to work with Taiwanese think tank. And what you are doing, I am, um, you're also an Indian who is also working, uh, we are recording this podcast for a US uh, uh, think tank. So I think this is also a way to analyze how India, Taiwan and uh, the like-minded countries in the Indo-Pacific are being perceived and how people want to know more about countries such as India and Taiwan. Yeah, and also the aim is also of, uh, creating more knowledge also. Knowledge, ideas, and uh, true information. Yeah, right. this is what is happening when we, uh, when we initiate a dialogue and we start talking to each other regularly. And another question, ma'am, I have. Is another question, ma'am, I have is regarding the new southbound policy which uh, Taipei has introduced in 2016. And after that, I'm seeing I'm we are witnessing a lot of uh, uh, convergence with respect to trade and business taking place between uh, countries such as the US and uh, Taiwan. And even the same uh, goes for India. Do you see this uh, initiative and these uh, and uh, business trade? Uh, the being or uh, becoming an alternative uh, to reduce uh, dependence on China? Uh, New Southern policy is a very important policy that was initiated in 2016 when uh, President Tsai Ing-wen came to uh, power. Uh, and when the new uh, the DPP Democratic Progressive Party came to power, so one of the areas of engagement is of course uh, improving commercial ties between Taiwan and the NSP countries. And one of the benefits of engaging Taiwan specifically from India side would be to have increased investment. So Taiwan initiated the NSP to reach out to eighteen countries from South Southeast Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. And among these countries, India has been identified as one of the top priority countries for Taiwan. And there are multiple avenues where Taiwan could actually advance engagement with the NSP countries. And um, so it is important to acknowledge that the NSP is just not an effort to reach out to these countries, which of course it is doing, but it is also about uh, responding to the looming crisis of Taiwan's shrinking diplomatic space. Because as President Tsai Ing-wen came to power and refused to acknowledge the 1992 consensus, which I, so how China started responding to that was to by poaching Taiwan's diplomatic allies. So a uh, new sovereign policy was also a response to that. So this was also your question. Um, and China has driven away several of Taiwan's diplomatic partners, especially in the South Pacific. But I think new sovereign policy and how Taiwan is trying to reach out uh, to the countries and uh, advancing engagement in multiple uh, areas of cooperation, it has actually helped in addressing the question of shrinking diplomatic space of Taiwan. And if you ask me, I believe... Um, the new Southbound policy has just completed five years and now Taiwan is taking a stock of uh, the policy and what to add and how to take the policy forward. But uh, after five years, I believe that the NSP has immense potential uh, and uh, primarily to significantly increase Taiwan's regional outreach in the countries that, that weren't really traditionally a part of Taiwan's strategic thinking. And uh, if I really have to sum it up in one sentence, I would say that the policy has a lot of potential and this may very well serve as an answer to China's attempts to shrink Taiwan's international space. Yeah, 
and uh, ma'am when we see the quad right now you have said in the discussion that it is uh, at an uncertain stage i feel because uh, maybe india's uh, do you feel it's because of new india's neutral approach it has adopted to russia and its uh, dependence on uh, russian arms which is uh, uh, compelling it to take such actions uh, in what ways do you think we can revive uh, such a partnership uh, i didn't say that there is uh, uh, uncertainty about quad and in fact if you ask me i believe that uh, quad is has there's more convergence and it has moved towards further institutionalization uh, the recent visit the virtual meeting between the quad leaders where they discuss the ukraine issue is an example that how quad is only moving towards a, a better future and i don't think india's position on ukraine has anything to do with quad and it's going to impact how countries are cooperating with each other But, in the uh... indo pacific But ma'am, I think I felt like this because of the U.S. Uh, statements and uh, President Biden made statements, and even the uh, American media also feeling uh, that little... different thing altogether. And there was just one statement from Biden that was something shaky. Uh, it, the India's approach is somewhat shaky. But yes, apart sir. from that, if you look at other statements, uh, there has been there hasn't been anything that has. been said about uh, that quad is going to be impacted and if you look at the quadrilateral dialogue as i said as i mentioned while we were discussing quad before that it was revived particularly to address the china factor china's rising aggression and um, and in fact i have written it in some of my articles that when we talk about quad and when we talk about india's commitment towards quad uh, india is there primarily to address the china threat which is an existential threat for china, india uh, and russia isn't really a part of that package if the west thinks uh, that india is converging with the us it's going to be aligned with the us in all other issues on all other issues not going to happen what india believes in is issue based uh, multi alignment issue based coalition so it doesn't mean if india is going and cooperating within the framework of the quadrilateral dialogue it doesn't mean that india also agrees on the issue of russia china is the main factor behind india's commitment and india's uh, active participation in the quadrilateral dialogue and i think to some extent even the west accepts that and if you look at um, they state some of the statement there was a statement by uh, the white house spokesperson he actually said that uh, we are disappointed but we understand india's special relationship with russia we understand india's position so i don't think it's going to impact uh, the quadrilateral dialogue i think it has already moved towards further institutionalization when kishida was visiting uh, india he announced that the next in person summit is going to take place in japan so in my opinion it is not how because even right now you look at it and i, I haven't really seen these many visits by high level officials from all over the world to india so do you see do you really want to look at the statements and media and western commentators what they are writing and western commentators are actually not the government or do you want to look at what is actually happening and uh, look at the diplomatic movement in new delhi right now and i think it's uh, i haven't really seen this kind of diplomatic madness uh, in new delhi in a very very long time so india has emerged as an important geopolitical player in the indo pacific no matter how and uh, what is india's response to russia ukraine crisis the importance of the geopolitical importance of india is not going to be uh just because india is responding to the crisis um this way to conclude ma'am i'm really hopeful about uh, convergence taking place uh, between quad countries in the future looking at future threats 
and uh, it is imperative also for the this institution to ensure an equilibrium with respect to power balance uh, when we look at uh, revisionist activities uh, in uh, countries but then and even i feel ma'am taipei is also important we should have cultural exchanges on a regular basis and indeed we have uh, taiwan education centers uh, in, around india and uh, uh, and many other institutions which could promote uh, convergence uh, with respect to culture and uh, i'm really hopeful about uh, uh, the global order returning to normal in the coming uh, future so ma'am it was a delight uh, having you over on this podcast uh, with the and thanks a lot for your time as well thank you it was a pleasure and and uh, and i hope the audi- audience enjoys the discussion and uh, do have a look at the consortium of indo pacific researchers uh, page uh, commentaries articles and uh, uh, the youtube channel where you could all uh, subscribe to it please do so thank you all